Hello, and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout, Season 2, Episode 8. Wouldn't be an episode of Huddles of Stout if I wasn't joined by Rocky. How are you? Sasquatch, hello, how are you doing? We're back after week three, which might have been a little less high octane than uh, week two, but um, the listeners are going to have to deal with us anyway. Exactly. Um, like it or not, we're here to stay um, against maybe best advisement. But look, the the show itself, it, it kind of runs itself at this stage, so going to kick off on Around the Ground, want to detail um, the results as they as they were. want to get into the main segment, fourth and goal, and then finally we're going to finish with a little salvo, a little preview of the week four fixtures. So I'll quickly just run them through. Um, Thursday night football, the Fortnighters overcame the Giants, no surprises there, 30 points to 12. Colts shocked the Ravens after overtime, 22 points to 19. The Browns put a beat down on, in, on, ten, on the Titans, 27 points to 3. Falcons uh, felt their first loss, uh, 20 points to 6. The Packers came from behind to beat the Saints, 18 points to 7. Texans dismantled the Jags, 37 points to 17. Broncos were shellacked, uh, fair to say, 70 points yeah. to 20 in favour of the Dolphins. Chargers overcame the Vikings, 28 points to 24. The Patriots overcame the Jets, 15 points to 10, and a dire fixture. The Bills put the Commanders to the sword, 37-3. Seahawks overcame the Panthers, 37-27. Probably the biggest shock of the round, the Cardinals Defeated the Cowboys 28 points to 16. The Chiefs, unsurprisingly, beat the Bears 41-10. Steelers overcame this, the Raiders 23-18. And in the two fixtures yesterday evening, the Eagles overcame the Buccaneers 25 points to 11. And the Bengals registered their first victory of the season, 19 points to 16. Also, briefly, um, before we get on to the crux of the show, I forgot to give you my stat. Oh yeah, you can. <laughs> we can't well start without the stat. Nineteen fifty one is the last time a side was able to complete more yards than Miami did on Sunday. That is something, all right. Excellent. That is a uh, um, something. Which look, you might say I forgot the point, or you might say I actually perfectly timed it to segue. Into my first fourth and goal. So As if that go. wasn't planned. You crafty monkey. Yeah. Scored 70 points. The most in the NFL. Since 1966. They piled up 726 yards. The most since 1951. But does this say more about Miami or Denver? Uh, I think it's maybe somewhere in the middle i think denver's defense sort of has this kind of lasting image you know vic fangio so it's a good defense obviously he's gone and you know the actuality of of what denver's defense is is not as good as it was remembered and miami's offense just looks great like Tua started starting this year as he started last year slinging it 
um, really connecting with Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. Not Jalen Waddle in this game because he was um, he's injured. Um, obviously, now they've got a really good ground game with a chain. So, yeah. uh, to be honest, I think at some point Miami, or I, I should say Denver, sort of phased out, clocked out. They were just they were just waiting for the game to end, and Miami could could run up the score. Yeah. Um, do we kind of fear potentially similar to last year, akin to last year, the Dolphins maybe peaking too soon? Um. Look, yeah, we're not going to see this result again where you know we probably have seen the peak of the dolphins now whether they can maintain uh you know what is still a a good offense consistently remains to be seen um i don't know about peaking too early though i think they they do look really good as they did last year, and what derailed them last year was to his injury. So, I, I'm not like I was high on the Dolphins coming in. I had them winning the division. I think this is probably, you know, something that's sustainable. And as we said last week, I think they'll be getting more pieces back on the defense to help balance out the team. You know, a la Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's that's the the second part of it is I just think if they continue to look this good with the addition of Jalen Ramsey, you've got to think they could very well be Super Bowl favorites almost. Very early days. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think um, there's scope there. It's um, you know as I think it's a is it a logarithmic scale so. You know, if, if if a team can score thirty points, it's impressive. If they can score forty, it's you know, it's it's very impressive. But as you score more and more, it's it does kind of taper off how impressive it gets. It kind of, you know, there's a balance in between. You know, all right, obviously the the defense is like just gassed, and the the offense can just you know they've checked out and the offense can pile it on. Um, so obviously seventy is. You know, it's it's set a record. It's a it's a huge achievement, but I know I'm, they're not going to be scoring seventy week in week out. So it's not as if I think right, this is the standard now. Uh, they just crowned them the champions. Um, yes. So I would say big stock up for the Dolphins, but it, you know, it's it's not a huge stock up. It's a stock up and stock down for the Dolphins and Broncos respectively. That's my take. Fair. Um, well, look, the uh, the buzzer did go. Um, so, um, what I think we'll do from my point is something a little bit, something unseen on fourth and goal. Um, we're going to revisit a point that I did last week, where we looked at the undefeated two and O teams, and very briefly, we might have a sentence each on each of the teams' results that were two and O last week. So, obviously. Um, there were nine undefeated teams last week. There's three remaining, so six of them lost. So we'll kind of just give a sentence or a comment 
on the teams and kind of maybe update what our outlook for them for the season is. So last week we had the 49ers as the top team. They beat the Giants. I mean, like not not unexpected. It's it's hardly a stock up. We expected them to dominate that. I think. Yeah, that's uh, as a result. It was as expected. I think, um, to be yeah. fair. So I don't want to. I don't want to put too much because we've got eight other games to talk about. But you know, maybe Brock Purdy didn't look as crisp as he has in the first two weeks. So it's. I wouldn't give it a, a full stock up point, but um. But certainly, obviously, they did what they had to do. Um, we obviously, we talked about our second-ranked team was the Dol- Dolphins smoking the Broncos. I think, like we said, it's a, you know, a stock-up point for the Dolphins and stock-down for the Broncos. I think if we were re-ranking the undefeated teams, we'd have to put the Dolphins first now. I think, yeah, just given how explosive, and I'm, I'm not saying and far and away, but I think they're like at like the eleventh rank. Yeah. Um. Last week, power rank. The traditional power ranking goes. They yeah. have to be one by now. Um. Last week's third ranked team, the Cowboys, obviously fell to the Cardinals. Um. A pretty big stock down. I know the Cowboys were down. Um two starting O-linemen but um, not a great game for Dak particularly that uh, the interception to end the game but also the play calling by Mike McCarthy uh, when they were down two scores and he was just continuously running the ball and eating up clock yeah I the way I stand on that it, it's, it's similar to where I would always have, can I have the Buffalo Bills. Like, there's obviously extreme talent, and when they click, they click, but they just have that scratch-your-head performance that seems way too common, yeah. and I think the Cowboys are kind of in a similar bracket or level to the Bills. And that's what I have, like, five, fifth, sixth, seventh best team in the league. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, we'll s- Nothing's changed. We'll scratch off two teams here. We had, or I had the Eagles as the fourth best team. I think you had them fifth. Um, but obviously the Eagles beat the Bucks, so we'll talk about both of those teams. How impressed were you with the Eagles, and how down on you are you on the the Buccaneers after that game? Still not overly impressed by the Eagles. Uh, I haven't seen Jalen Hurts flick the switch the way he was able to at times last season. I think Philadelphia's success is pure line based. Like it's it's just the best lines in the competition both sides of the ball pure arse and legs like it's just so dominant either side of the the the, the ball basically um the books i think we kind of it's kind of we're at the ceiling of of uh baker we kind of knew this um i'm not shocked yeah i i i, I kind of agree with you on both counts i think the eagles lines are just um i wouldn't say Oh, we're, we're hit the timer already, so we'll speed up. Um, I wouldn't say they're heads and okay. heads and okay. shoulders okay. above the rest of the league, but I do think they're the best in the league and can really put the pressure on. And yeah, the books I think were, you know, they were an undefeated team, but that wasn't going to last too long with uh, how they operated. Uh, briefly, the Ravens losing to the Colts in overtime. Bit concerning, I think. 
particularly uh, Gardner Minshew, quarterback in the Colts. I, I think that for me, the Ravens are just so limited in what they can produce offensively that every game almost becomes a tighter game than it should be. And then you're susceptible to... Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, We do sometimes see them blow away poor teams, but we also see them play down to their opponents as well sometimes. Uh, So the Saints, we had ranked six, and we saw them sort of choke their game away, Falcon-style, to the Green Bay Packers. Um, Also lost a starting quarterback. uh, Yes, with Derek Carr week-to-week with his shoulders, so... Not good. I mean, like, their defense is good. Obviously, sort of choked the game away at the end, but um, their offense was already a bit inconsistent, and now it's Jameis Winston at the helm. So, trouble ahead. They do get a very important piece back this week, though. That's right, they do. Alvin Kamara, welcome back. They, if, if I was... Um, mm. Mm. Great uh, time. Dennis, head coach... I can't remember his name. Um, Dennis Allen. I'd be relying on uh, Kamara. Um, the Commanders got blown away by the Absolutely. Buffalo defense. I think similar to the Bucks, probably a, a a lesser team masquerading as you know among the undefeated teams. Always, it happens every year. It does, yeah. Like, and we, we get a side that's kind of shocks us being two and zero, and then coming to earth. And then similarly is the Falcons losing pretty convincingly to the Lions. I think we saw both sides of the Falcons team falter, and we saw Desmond Ritter's weakness, his passing, you know, again be uh, you know had a, a spotlight shone on it. Yeah, it's also a very young team. It is. Um, like, like offensively, anyway, it's it's exceptionally young. I think when uh, they when they lean on Dennis or Desmond Ritter, um, they'll struggle. I think they want to be leaning more on the likes of Bijan and maybe just peppering in those yeah. Ritter passes. Um, yeah. So I think I think this week. Despite we said it was um, kind of a bit more dull, there were a few upsets, and I think we've seen a bit of separation between the top teams and the the lower tier teams. Um, yeah, 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 fair. Um, I think moving on, uh, Tennessee mustered just six first first downs. And 94 total yards. I get the limitations of Tannehill. And even uh, Derrick Henry, I think he finished with 20 yards. So very poor performance from Tennessee. But is this Cleveland, Jim Swartz-led defense, potentially the league's best? Um, I know we we talk a lot of... We talk uh, variable up a lot, but... Um... Yeah, Jim Schwartz and this defense is unreal. Just that one play where uh, Miles Garrett is sort of parading, marching, you know, side to side along the D line, behind the D line, yeah. and it it was causing um, 
I think a, a tight end to constantly follow him around so we couldn't get set and basically cause a, a false or a, a delay a game on the Titans it's it's an outrageous defense and Miles Garrett is a monster to sort of captain and lead it yeah um it like I I I from what I've seen I know he's probably not your favorite person to talk about Deshaun Watson is slowly getting better game by game I think I see improvements here and there and I see flashes but I think he's an armchair right given how good that defense is right now um if they lose games this season I think it is going to be on his back yeah I think like not the defense is they're just they're surrendering like the least dominant. points and yardage week one through three you know Deshaun Watson the bad man doesn't even need to return to 2020 form if he can just kind of hit like a consistent fine level of play the defense can take them far mm. particularly with the start some of their division rivals have had namely Cincinnati starting slow um, Baltimore kind of looking a bit shaky versus the Texans and then losing to the Colts and obviously Kenny Pickett and the Steelers just looking woeful on offense. Yeah, yeah they're still two and one, I think. They are, they are, but um, I think as as the weeks pile up, I think we'll start to see a bit of disparity unless unless they get on track. I think I think Cleveland, unless Cincy are fully back on the horse now, Cleveland have a chance to run away with this. I think the rest of the division is underperforming. I don't, like Cleveland have lost the game, have they not? They have. Um, they they yeah, have Cleveland. Yeah. So it's 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 three two and one teams and one one and two team. I think it's it's going to be one of the more competitive divisions in football. I'm not willing to write off Cleveland right now has the strongest unit in the division in their defense. I think they might have the strongest unit in the NFL. Oh, like their defense might be the best. Yeah, as you, as you say. Yeah, um, I just think this division is going to throw a storyline after storyline and headache after headache and foolish at times. I think we're going to make decisions or takes based on last week and be like, right, all aboard the Cleveland train. I think then maybe Baltimore fire back. I think. Yeah, we'll see right him. He looked brutal last night, by the way. But We'll see a bit of to in and fro and peaks and troughs well, uh, in this division, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, look, and maybe that's biased because we would have strong feelings on Jim Swartz. But the buzzer did go, so we'll push on. We'll uh, talk about the Jets, who might be one of our more talked about teams. Um, but anyway... There were reports that Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan had contacted the Jets to play for them um, at quarterback and that both of them had been rejected or declined by the Jets saying they weren't interested. Uh, Zach Wilson is he's continuing to struggle. I'm not quite sure if there's even improvements. Uh, what do the Jets do? Do they sign one of the two lads I mentioned? Do they stick it out with Zach Wilson? Do they try something else? Minnesota 
are zero and three right now. Well, and Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal. Do they want a stat batter? Look, they've signed Trevor Simeon. Oh, they, 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 they've signed Trevor. They Simeon. are sorted then uh, this afternoon. Um, no, but like I think this just like not only sorry, not only is Zach Wilson struggling, he is the worst, 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 worst QBR in the league. His completion percentage is fifty. 2.4 something along those lines don't quote me uh, we're not spot tracking into that but uh, he is not only bad he's going to brutal at an alarming rate I think it speaks more volumes to the Jets like front office like we'd always you'd always throw them in that kind of patter of dysfunctional organisations and the injury to Aaron Rodgers was unfortunate, but it wasn't unpredictable. You had a 39-year-old quarterback coming off a season in which he was injured, and you were putting him in front of, or behind, rather, the worst O-line in the league. So, yeah, his injury was freak, but he probably was going to use lose a bit of time to an AC joint sprain or something like that, because he just doesn't have the mobility as a 39-year-old that he once had, and... It was inevitable. And the Jets never... They knew what Zach Wilson was going into the season. And there was better backups available. And they didn't sign a better backup quarterback at the time. So... You'd like to sit here and say, look, the Jets will make a good move from here and bring someone in. And they probably can't afford a Kirk Cousins. It's a monster, monster contract, which they've tied up a lot of cap space on Aaron Rodgers. But I just think this was coming. Um, and it, it, not how it fell about, but I think it was coming a while. Okay, well, um, who do you think gives them a better chance this year? Zach Wilson or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan, uh, sorry, who gives them a better chance to win? The question there is Zach Wilson or A.N. Other. I think anyone else gives them a better chance okay. to win. He is god-awful. And that's including kind of... That's like factored into the consideration that Zach Wilson knows this offense. And whoever they're signing it up... Does he, though? Won't know this <laughs> offense. We'll have to get the speed very quickly. I'm not convinced he does know the offense after looking at him for three yeah. weeks. I think that's the concern. Are you... It's not even three weeks. It's three years yeah, of tape. Yeah, you're right. And I say he doesn't look like it. He obviously does. He just can't execute it. So that's that's concerning. Like, I think um, Joe Douglas, Jets GM, kind of from the Philly front office before getting that uh, GM job, you know, Philly did generally put a, an emphasis on O-line. So I thought it's surprising for, for him not to, to prioritize that. Um, as well as just, you know, how he's a notorious wheeler and dealer and... I think it's just a big mistake for the Jets to just sit on this and, and do nothing. Um, but as you say, if they've signed Trevor Simeon, I think that's a good sign that they might just be content with doing nothing, which I think is outrageous. I think it's it's outrageous to um, to do nothing this earlier on this early on in the year. Maybe the ayahuasca helps, and maybe Aaron Rodgers will be back sooner than we think. I don't think he will, 
Um, but look, I yeah, look, the buzz did go, but I just I just don't have faith in the Jets organization. So you know, ditto. I'm not surprised to be cantankerous. Um, <coughs> right, moving on to maybe a, a better run franchise and remarkably very early days, but we could be looking at the third hit a quarterback, uh, the quarterback position on the bounce. So re- remarkably stark in comparison with the Jets. But Jordan Love led a comeback from 17 down in the fourth. Like it, it's, regardless of the fact that they got to the fourth quarter without any points, scrap that for a second and just, like that is incredibly impressive in your first full season as a starter. But what's a way too early ceiling for this guy? Because he's impressed me in each of the games so far it, for different reasons. Yeah, me too. I'd say you. Um, I could see him, you know, something along the lines of um, obviously he hasn't come into the league and achieved this. But if you look at, you know, Justin Herbert, but without those uh, questions around how clutch he is, like, I think he could be he could get to that level like a really good um passer you know he's young and he's athletic enough as well and he doesn't have the same weapons that justin herbert has um and he's now it's it's very early to to say this but like that that 17 down um comeback is it as you say very impressive from you know your first season starting like he's unseasoned. What I, what I what I should also probably throw out there, um, just had a bit of conjecture. The three best players on that roster were missing: Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, and David Bakhtiari. Like that is forward or fuel that this guy kind of has. Yep, and Jair Alexander, the Genesequa or whatever. Which, is, yeah, um, fair. Um, yep, yeah. and look, the the Saints' defense is look. We've we've said their offense is is uh, inconsistent, but their defense is kind of the real deal. You know, Carol Grandison had a big game. Uh, Alante Taylor, Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore. They've got household names there. It's a good defense, and for him to engineer that comeback, it is impressive. Um. I'm trying to think of a sort of a veteran who who you might compare him to rather than just saying he's as good as Herbert or could be as good as Herbert. Mm. It's tough to it's tough to sort of say it's, I also like his mobility. I think he's incredibly mobile. Yeah. He's long, he's ranging. I'm trying to avoid say comparing him to a quarterback who's back. won a Super Bowl because I think as you say it's very early to be making these sort of comparisons. You're going to have to leave that with me. That's a tough one. Um, but I suppose you could preface it by saying uh, there's very few quarterbacks that can win a Super Bowl on their own. Yeah, very true. So, quarterbacking in a vacuum, I kind of think he's he's like a, a, a less athletic potentially a better throw of the ball 
Lamar Jackson, I think he's kind of a combination of Lamar and Trevor Lawrence, is is how I view him. Very early days, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I suppose that's probably a bit strong for me now, but um, I think <laughs> we'll see what at the end of the season. Um, I'm struggling to sort of. I'll have to come back to that one. That's a good question, though. Save for the. Save, save for the bell. Yeah. Save for the bell. We'll move on. on that we'll move on to. Oh. We're going to discuss a, a head coach. Big fan. I think I've always said I've loved him. Um, I've been behind him from, from day one. But Jonathan Gannon has his Cardinals playing feisty. Wait, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. <laughs> you got to ask the question, though. How did the Cardinals get to that game? Did they... uh, yeah. <laughs> Did they drive or did they come in the bus? Did you take the bus? Did you have that fire and you're good? Um, look, Cardinals are playing feisty so far and they just upset the Cowboys. Are they actually tanking? Have they ever been actually tanking this year? And are the Cowboys as good as advertised as they were in week one and two? Just lines me up to, to to dish out some cowboys hate. I'll ask you this first: um, Is no, look, do I you think, think teams tank in the NFL? I think it's rare. It's it, I think it's a lot rarer than people think. I think it's very hard to get people who are fighting for a job to tank. Like the the average career in the NFL is two years, so. For you to ask someone with that in their knowledge to go out there and potentially waste what on average is one of is fifty percent of their career, I think it's very unlikely. I don't think I think there might be certain moves made in the back office to limit kind of to increase chances of high draft picks. Mm. But the side you'd accuse of tanking, and apologies, long-term listener, Keith, but the Bears arguably could have tanked last year. And they not only missed out on the first draft pick, but they also traded back with Philadelphia. And Philadelphia has picked up the piece that would have potentially solved a lot of their problems, the Jalen Carr. Um, it's that that's not been talked about enough, by the way, and that's not a biased take. That's a genuine, that is a a legitimate mess up from the front office. Yeah, that it's not just the I, bears. Something that I'm grateful for the fact that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we've established, you know, and if you if um, you if you um but put much, or pay any credit or attention to, to Brian Flores he alleged that um, he was paid to lose games so I think I think teams do tank but it's probably as you say never when you actually think it's the case um, I think most people probably yeah. had Arizona maybe tanking for Caleb Wilson um, but obviously Williams Williams so, but obviously, yeah, we've seen the Cardinals be feisty. You know, I think it took two fourth quarter comebacks from the Commanders and the Giants to to beat them. And then obviously we saw the Cardinals, I think, pretty handily 
kind of upset the the Cowboys. You know, it didn't come down to the last play. Yeah. Um. No. Um. A sizable victory as well too. Um. For me, it's a big stock up yeah, on I, I on Jonathan Gannon. Like we touched on the Cowboys. Yeah. Um. And look, to be brutally honest with you, uh, like Gannon got slated for that preseason footage of his yeah. speech, which was cringy. But as Eagles fans, we should be very familiar with that because yeah, Nick Sirianni gave off the same kind of energy Absolutely, in his in his initial uh, interview in the room. So, look, you got to bear in mind these people are these are people too, and this is their first first days in their dream job that they've worked on all their life. So obviously nerves and stuff are going to be a massive factor. Well, maybe just kind of adorable or whatever as, as cringy as it comes across it's very hard on the footage to kind of make out what he's like 24-7 I think but the Cowboys I think we touched on it in your earlier point they're like the Bills in that they have that kind of head scratcher performance and I think this was just one of those mm. so I'm not willing to write them off just yet yeah and I, I'll add just another sentence on each of them I think we've we've noted in the past that just because you're a good coordinator that doesn't mean you're a good head coach. Uh, I think the reverse can be true. I think Gannon kind of, you know, was, you know, he got the, the head coach based on the, the, the overall record of the, the Eagles and their offense. And I think he might end up being a better head coach than a defensive coordinator. And on the, the Cowboys, I think a big um, impact is obviously the three online uh O-line men, I said, were out. Also, Trayvon Diggs done for the season, and that obviously causes a shuffle and a trickle-down effect in their secondary. And I think Trayvon Diggs is so important to the defense that it affects everything from, obviously, pass defense to the run, and I think that contributes. So we'll see how that uh, goes on through the season. Yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head there, to be very fair. Um... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Right, a quick one, and it's kind of probably a mirror image from your point earlier on. But of the sides without a win, so the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, and the Panthers, rank them. Four sides there without a win. Um, yeah, I think I would have the Vikings number one. I think there's an obvious best. Yeah, yeah. I think the Vikings are, are number one. I don't know how they don't have a win when um, Justin Jefferson is putting up as much stats as he is. Um, 
I also I don't think he's long for the Vikings. I th- we've seen Devontae Adams this week express frustration with the Raiders. And I think when um, Justin Jefferson's payday looms, and it it's looming, uh, we'll see how engaged he he becomes with the Vikings, or whether he's uh, he's going to play out his franchise tag and move on. Vikings number one. Um, yeah. I will probably go the. That's a tough one for number two. I think I'd probably go. Uh, I go the Broncos despite that outrageous result on the weekend. I think we're seeing a bit of incremental improvement in in Russell Wilson. No, 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 no. I'm going Panthers number two. I'm going Panthers number two. I ain't. Um, yeah. I think yeah. I saw a stat there with five man protection. Bryce Young is completing about um, fifty odd percentage of his passes but when they bring in a tight end to block um, or two tight ends so six or seven man protections his completion percentage is up to 80 percent so i think they need to cater more to bryce young and his strengths and and that'll make a difference and their defense is good so out of uh vikings one panthers two broncos three and bears dead last like two or three tiers below the other ones i think they're rancid sorry keith they are uh, just atrocious. I'm gonna bring up. I'm gonna bring up a few points. I'm gonna bring up. Please, a few uh, with Bryce Young, just to touch on him, I actually think there's an element here where he's just happened to do something that he's never had to do before, and that's lose. Uh, he obviously played for Alabama, and I think the high school he was at was like one of the top ranked high schools in the state. And he's just not used to losing. I think there's there's a lot to like about what Carolina are doing right now. It just hasn't paid off as of yet. I actually think, to be honest with you, I'm going to put the Bears above the Broncos, and I'll tell you exactly why. Okay. In terms of head coach, investment in roster, the Broncos should be nowhere near where they are right now. Yeah, so uh, that's, they are that's the worst totally fair. Side there. The, Bear, like the Bears... Interesting stat. The Bears sacked Lovey Smith in, I think, 2016. Had a record of 10-6. and six. That's the last time the Bears have had a winning season. Hmm. <laughs> What's that tell you? Yeah, look, that's... um. You know? Um, to me, it's much of a muchness. No, it's not. I, I have Bears kind of ranked... Really though, I think Justin Fields is is really on a, a short leash now. Uh, I think their defense is very poor. I think um, obviously they have DJ Moore, and that might be one of the few bright spots they have on offense. Their O line's not good. Um, I think if the Panthers, if you gave the Panthers a good O line, they'd really thir- turn things around. Um, yeah. The Broncos could probably do with an upgrade along that line. The the Bears, yeah, I don't know where to start to, to improve the Bears. Fair. Um, and we'll move on to my my final point, with your permission. Um, and this is a bit more of a a broader discussion of of what's going on in the NFL. Um, after much of the discourse in the off season regarding running backs. 
and their value on teams. It's been a bit of a nightmare start to the season for the position. And let me uh, let me explain why. Um, there were a few prominent running back holdouts this offseason. Austin Eckler, Saquon, Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, any week they could be at the top five of their, their position. Um, and they all engaged in, you know, holdouts to different degrees. Austin Eckler played in one game and suffered a high ankle sprain, uh, demonstrating the fragility of the position. Um, obviously, Joshua Kelly... Debatable. Say again? Debatable. What's debatable? Like injuries happen. It's a high ankle sprain. No, look, obviously. Obviously, the injuries happen. It's just, I think at that position, the number one concern is the durability of you know if you let's look at um Najee Harris for example Point. drafted in the first round a couple question question yeah. go on question sorry go question on. we've never got properly heated but I'm gonna get heated with you right now Austin Eckler's injury highlights the value of paying well at the position because Kelly is is not a suitable that's right I was just a, I actually that has been noticed over the last two weeks I had to say here that um yep yeah, Joshua Kelly is doing his bit to 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 highlight the the value of running back one, but what's the point in paying running backs if they're going to be injured one game into the season? You know we're through three weeks and Austin Eckler has played He'll in thirty three. I know, next week. I know he is. It's just it's it's one of the it's one of the um the dangers of the the position, the intrinsic risks of the position and paying top dollar. Um, uh, similarly what's the point in paying top dollar for a quarterback who gets injured after 12 seconds <laughs> yes yeah I don't know what relevance that has but uh, you do you king <laughs> um, similarly Saquon just no say. look yeah obviously that's but there's you don't you don't pay for a quarterback thinking they're going to get injured whereas it's a it's a constant risk with running backs um now obviously the it, it's a bit different with the jets i don't want to get away from my point but it's a bit different with the jets considering they didn't prioritize the o-line and there was that inherent risk but anyway similar to austin eckler saquon held out for a what was a very modest pay raise in the end he played in two games he's averaging 3.9 <coughs> yards per carry and a touchdown on the ground and four and a half yards per catch, and one touchdown, one uh, receiving touchdown. So it's not bad for a lead back, but not mind blowing for one of the top of his position. And he has missed one game, and he's potentially going to miss his second game. So I know you're saying people get injured, but this is the two two running backs that held out in the preseason, and both of them have been injured within the first three weeks of the season. Um, sort of. Sorry, I'll I'll give you a chance to respond on Saquon. No, no, no. I said okay because I've pretty much wasted up your your whole time. The buzz is literally <laughs> yeah. about to go, so keep going. Um, and the last point I want to make is Josh Speaking Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. He sat out training camp with his holdout, and he missed out on all his practice reps in training camp and in the preseason. Um. So a lot of people say that running back is a plug and play, and we've seen 
running backs signed um, at short notice and do well. But Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher last year. Um, last year, he averaged 4.9 yards per carry. This year, through three games, he's averaging uh, 2.4 yards per carry. Through three games last year, he was averaging 4.5. So he's nearly twice as effective in the first three games last year than he is this year. And it's not apples to apples. Obviously, the O-line, you know, comes into it um, as well as, you know, scheming and, 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 and chemistry. But I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing if you're looking at the tangibles and cause and effect, it's... Uh, He's he's ha- he held out and it's done him no favors. The deal he signed is was almost no pay rise at all because he had accrued I think fines from training camp. Um, so it's it's just not a good start to the position. Running backs won't go into the off season in a stronger position than last year. Well, depending on, obviously on the last the, how the rest of the year plays out, but it's just it's not a good start. Is my point. No, no, I, I, and 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 it's a very valid point. I just I felt the need to. No, that's argue. fine. That's all. And um, I'm up for I'm uh, up for the running backs. I think it's it's yeah. one of the most exciting things to watch. It's like a good running game, you know, breaking tackles, juking, breaking ankles. Um, but it's just I don't see as a serious culture change in the NFL when it comes to, to running backs. Nor I, nor I. Um, yeah, I think arguably the the vote should be that as a position maybe that the rookie contract length gets reduced. So if it's going to be a shorter career, there's an opportunity for the likes of, say, B. John Robinson to make more money in those five or six years and then you move off. Not that they're getting money's like equivalent to the quarterback position but that their scope they can make their generational wealth in the five six years if if it's going to be that attritional a position that's probably where the argument lies yeah it's tough as well because like unless you see a, a like it's supply and demand like there's so much supply at the running back position and teams are generally carrying two running backs or, or three you know uh, I think there's no shortage of running backs coming. There is supply now. Yes. There is supply now. now. But give it a period of time at this kind of stance and you will see deterioration in the number of young athletes opting to play the position of running back. I agree with you, but I think that's like... People might only start seeing it now. And so we mightn't see a, a massive change of direction for... I don't know, uh, six, five, six years before we see a, a major, you know, yeah. difference from where we are today. Fair. Um, but look, that is the end of fourth and goals. We're just going to quickly run through the week four previews. Apologies anyway to the list as well, because I've been cantankerous. You probably hear I'm a bit nasally. I'm just, I'm not a good look right now, but look, Thankfully, it's a uh, audio. I ah, know you look lovely. Um, right. Uh, 
I just fish for compliments there as well. You can add that to the list of. He's of he's very high maintenance. Uh, listeners. Next up, yeah, a diva. <laughs> uh, first game of the weekend is obviously uh, Thursday night football, one fifteen a.m. Irish time. It's on Amazon. Um, Lions Packers. Obviously, this is to take the lead in the NFC North, and we have been high up on the Lions, and probably. Probably wearing my neck back in a bit following. Look, they overcame the Falcons, but they didn't put them to the sword. And obviously, they lost to the Seahawks. I think these two are more neck and neck than I would have viewed them at the start of the season. And I think this is the makings of a great game. Uh, anyway, on paper, Thursday night football can always be a bit strange. But I'm going to back the Packers. Uh, yeah, this game is the closest game in terms of soul and lines. In terms of point spread I've ever seen, there is no point spread. It's it's plus zero zero point zero. Um, it's Packers at home. Yeah, it's a tough one. They are pretty evenly matched. I'm gonna side with the Lions here, though. Fair. We split. We split. Uh, the next game is the Falcons in Jacksonville. Um, the Jags are three-point favourites. Jags have just not looked right so far this year. Their defence has not really continued their success from last season. And Trevor Lawrence is just... I think it's fair to say at times he looks like he, he, he could be breaking into the top tier. And other weeks you're scratching your head wondering what the f- lip is going on here uh, I'm going to go with the Falcons yeah. plus three points. A lot of points left on the board Jags will probably win but I think the Falcons might go back to leaning on their skill positions rather than on Ritter and I'm just I've yet to see the consistency with T-Law or the their defense the Jags so give me the Falcons yeah yeah, uh, obviously a massive revenge game for Mr. Ridley, if you believe in, in revenge games. Um, just throw it out there. Uh, moving on, the, the undefeated Dolphins against the Bills. This is a real litmus test, I suppose, for the Dolphins. And I'm all for it, but I do... I'm going to predict the Dolphins, and I'm going to predict them to blow them, the Bills out. Um, I'm buying the hype. Yeah, the Dolphins are underdogs in this game. Why? I don't fucking know. Um, they're two and a half point dogs. Because it's in Buffalo. It's in Buffalo, but and look, the the Broncos defense isn't that anymore, uh, and the the Buffalo defense is better. But that's outrageous. Like we we're seeing a record-setting offense here, and they're underdogs to the Bills. Um, who again? have looked good two weeks in a row against pretty low-tier uh, competition. I'm going to take the Dolphins here. I'm right with you. So give me the Dolphins. Uh, next is the Vikings traveling to Carolina. Two winless teams. A pretty unexciting matchup. Um. I'll probably go with the Vikings here on the back of our ranking these winless teams. Um, Kirk and Justin Jefferson are putting in yeah. 
putting up the good stats, it's going to result in a in a win some week. And why not this week? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think balance of play, they probably deserve a win more than the Panthers do right now. But I think the Panthers are playing close. But yeah, I think yeah, Vikings for me as well. Uh, next up, the Broncos, Bears and the Caleb Williams. Oh, goodness. Uh, somehow I think the score will be tied... Three all after <laughs> extra time we're making our first draw of the season. And uh, no, uh, I am going to back the bear, the Broncos. Uh, I've flagged before that they have the better roster in terms of individual talent, and they have to get it right sometime. Um, even if get it right is two to three wins this season, and I think this is one of them. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked with the Bears' victory either. Yep, two uh, basement dwellers. Uh, I'll I'll side with you. I know the audience craves um, contest and vitriol between us, but I'm standing with you on this one. I think the Broncos will win. Uh, now the Baltimore Ravens are traveling. Circle yep. it. <laughs> uh, Baltimore is traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. <laughs> the Browns are two and a half point favorites. Really, you're kind of wondering here what's going to come up out or what's going to come out on top, the Ravens offense versus the Cleveland defense. And it's hard to pick the offense here when you look at that Cleveland defense. I'm going to pick the, the, the Cleveland Browns here. And how? Same. Um, it's, I, just, I struggle to see where the Ravens want to get their points on a normal day. I struggle to see how they're going to get their points against this Browns team. But, like, I think this game could be brutal. I think this could be, like, a 9-6 thriller. Um, and I'd also lean Browns myself. Yeah, the over-under is 41 points. Wouldn't be surprised there's no touchdowns. Yeah, the over-under is 41 points, so it is expected to be low-scoring, maybe at a field goal fest. Um, but, yeah, I think I'll go with the Browns here. Uh, Steelers versus I don't know, potentially a surprise package um, certainly for me and how they play the Texans uh, I will back the Steelers in this one um, but the Texans really impressed me last week they've impressed me in in different elements each week I think they're further along the rebuild under D'Amico Ryan than a lot of people expected and I think CJ Stroud is a lot more developed as a quarterback than we actually thought he was. Yeah, I was high in the... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I was high in the Steelers prior to the season starting, and um, I I think I'm out in the Steelers. I don't think Kenny Pickett looks very good. I don't think their O-line is as good as they should be. Uh, Najee Harris, I think, already looks very slow like a like some a running back who's been a veteran uh for you know six to eight years he yeah. just plods along um don't draft running backs or running backs in the first round uh i'm taking the texans here take them to win as home underdogs here um as you say i've just the steelers have not looked as good as i thought they'd be I'm and the texans are, are ahead well let's fight about it then After no tops, no friends, 
meet you in the car park. Yep. Uh, no, I, I, I just think Domingo Ryan is doing a good job, but I think you know how highly I am of Mr. Tomlin. And I think if the Steelers are in an obvious opportunity to get a win, they very rarely let you down. So I'm going to back the Steelers in okay. this one. But a good game nonetheless. A, a more a more interesting game than I would have thought at the start of the season. What? The um, Steelers and Texans? Yeah. yeah, maybe. I'm just disappointed in the Steelers yeah. so far. That's all. Uh, next game is the Rams in Grr. Indianapolis versus the Colts. The Colts are one-point favorites. Um, I think we might see... Anthony Richardson return. He obviously missed the last game with a concussion, so he's likely to be back from the concussion protocol. Um, it's a tough one because I think the Rams do look good. I think their their O line sort of let them down against the Bengals D line last night at time of recording, um, versus the Bengals there. Um, so I think I will probably, uh, I'll probably back the Rams. I do think they look good. And I'm not convinced the Colts will put the same pressure on Stafford that the Bengals did. Yeah, look, to be, to be brutally honest, I, I see two 500 teams here. Yeah. So the easy result to, to square it all off is for Rams victory. Um, so I tend to agree. Uh, next up, an NFC South matchup. Uh, and Lord knows they're always batshit crazy. The big thing is is Derek Carr is he is he fit is he healthy what does Alvin Kamara look like post suspension is he going to need a game or two to get up to speed I I'm going to back the Bucks but it it's it's a game with a lot of minutia and a lot of my take on this game could change three or four times before Sunday um but at the time of recording I'm going to go Bucks. Yeah, um, I know I said that the Lions and Packers were, were the, was the closest game in terms of spread. This one I constantly flip-flop flip flop back on. Like, they lost to the Eagles, but I do think the Bucks look decent. Um, good on defense and, you know, fine, okay on offense. Um, but then I think the Saints' defense looks really good. And I just have a feeling Kamara will come back to and have a big game. Um, yeah. I think I'll side here with the. Uh, it's tough as well because the books Carlton Davis didn't play this week and Jamal Dean left in the third quarter injured. I might go with the Saints, even though I do think the books are the better team. Um, the. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm gonna flip and flop, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, the the commanders are traveling to Philly to try and knock the or to to win versus the undefeated Philly for two years in a row. Although the win last year came later on in the year, um, Philly are eight point favorites. I think I'm gonna take Philly here. I, I'm not, I'm not as on board the hype train as I was last year. Like they don't look as if they're firing on all cylinders yet but i still think they handled business versus the books fairly handily like i think the the scoreline wasn't as close as it looked like the defense looked really dominant against the the um uh the books and it was it was 25 3 
until late in the well, not late in the fourth quarter, but until the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, so. and look, they they got pieces back on defense. Reed Blankenship looked good. Sidney Brown came on for a couple of plays and made a really nice third or fourth down stop. And I think just Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis are they're going to be pillars of the Eagles' defense for the next decade. And I think that matches up really poorly for the Commanders. Their O line is a hurting, and we saw. Um, Sam Howell gets sacked eight times, I think, versus Buffalo. So he's going to be under pressure. Um, I think the only way the Commanders can win is is by getting the ball out quickly. I think the Eagles can plan for that. I don't think they can use the same tactic as they did last year, using Brian Robinson to churn out, you know, run and run and carry after carry. Just with Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter playing the way they are, I think that takes... It makes most teams... Um, one-dimensional now. I think the Eagles this year could be as good as the Eagles last year, but in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. I, I'm all in the Eagles, but look, I am familiar with this storyline because we had it last I do. Year. I hate playing the Commanders, though, because the they always um, tend to have just those really weird games and always end up <laughs> really close to... Too easy to overlook. That's the Absolutely, problem, yeah. Uh, next up, the Bengals at the Titans. Uh, two one and two teams. Obviously, the Bengals got their first win on the board last night. I think the way both sides are going, it's not going to be a pretty game. I think Joe Burrow still doesn't doesn't look anything like himself, if I'm being brutally honest. And I think stylistically, though, it is a horrific matchup for the Titans. I think I'm going to back the Bengals for this. I think uh, we talked about um, since he last night. Like the, I think stylistically, there's a chance they can kind of start to build momentum here. Uh, yeah, same. Um, I think we saw the Bengals sort of trend up. Joe Burrow didn't look like himself, but he's looking better. And I think we saw a bit of a, a trend down on the Titans getting dismantled by um, Cleveland and their D-line. And the Bengals, we just saw last night, have a pretty nice D-line, so I'll side with the Bengals too. Um, AFC West matchup, the Raiders travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Um, uh, looking for the point spread on this one, where is it? The Chargers are five and a half point favourites. Not a lot to be said. I don't think anything on the Raiders looks good apart from Devontae Adams. He still looks like the man. Like he still looks fantastic. Um so I'm not surprised he's kinda throwing shade a, as the kids might say at the, the in Raiders. A, in, a, <laughs> in a very casual fantasy football uh league, I have him in my fantasy team and he put up forty two yeah, points please. the weekend. Like God, you know yeah, uh, but I, I am siding with the Chargers. Um, I think, I think the Chargers roll here. I think they, I think they potentially yeah, flat look, monkey off their back. High, high possibility Eckler's back again this week. Yeah, I think the Chargers. I think the Raiders might be one of the worst yeah, teams. In agreed. Uh, next up Patriots Cowboys this is the game annually I hope 
Bane will emerge from the stand uh, and do us all a favour. My jest. Uh, I, I, the Patriots just don't have the talent, especially offensively. Um, like they str- they labour to victory over the Jets. They're not going to put up a high volume of points. I think even minus the the players we've mentioned throughout the episode, Cowboys still have more than enough defensively to deal with um, Mac Jones at all. Um, so I'm going to back the Cowboys in this one. I think. Um, I, think I I agree. I think the. The Cowboys are the better team, like hands down. But I think the Patriots are a bad matchup for them. Like I think the Patriots secondary is good, um, and I think if Ramondre Stevenson can get going and exp- and and sort of take advantage of the Cowboys lacking run defense, we could see the Patriots play it closer than they have any business to. So I do think the Cowboys will win. I think the Patriots will cover the the, the spread. Um, next is our our new favorite team our old friend Jonathan Gannon and his Cardinals traveling to San Fran looking to do the dirty two weeks in a row and upset a major NFC player Um, the Niners are 14 point favorites Uh, look I I don't see the, the Cardinals doing what they did last week I'd still take the Cardinals uh, and the points plus 14. I think they're, for some reason, they're still being underrated. But I do think the San Fran kind of handled them pretty pretty handily here. Um, the only thing is, obviously, they haven't played a, a mobile quarterback yet. And Josh Dobbs has been pretty impressive in that regard. He has. Uh, I, think, I think the 49ers are... I think if if you look at like the favorites in the competition, I'll be very biased in, in bringing it for that few minutes. We don't look like a juggernaut this season, whereas last season we looked like a juggernaut. Yeah, I think the Forty ers are the definition of a juggernaut so far this season, and I think they will absolutely obliterate them, steamroll them, uh, and bring them crashing back to London like we've talked about some of those two and all teams so far. Um, but I don't think the Cardinals will lose a lot of sleep over this. I know it is a divisional matchup, but they're in different places right now. Uh, Sunday night football. This was obviously slated for Monday night football with a different quarterback under center for the Jets organization in mind. But it is the Chiefs versus the Jets. I'm not going to insult your intelligence, avid listener, but keeping you here too much longer. Uh, it's the Chiefs, and it's the Chiefs all day. It's the Chiefs. It's um, even their the Jets' defense is finding it hard to maintain compet- competition when the offense can't do anything. So yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, and um, fair. Um, final game, and then the final game of the week could be a good game. Seahawks traveling to New York. Um, Seahawks, Geno Smith, kind of returning to to early season form last year. Um, but let me blow your mind. The Giants are favorited in this one by one and a half points. Um, to for me, something doesn't compute there. That's just a home field favoritism, is it? But home field, 
advantage generally is somewhere in the, the region of two and a half, three points. For me, you know, season beginning to date, the Seahawks are, are better than three points or more than three points better than the, the Giants. I'll take yeah. the Seahawks to win here. And apparently that's a bold take according to the bookies. What is what is Patrick now anyway? Um, yeah, look, I, f- I could back the Seahawks. I think st- this is one of those styles make fights. I think it's a very interesting game, uh, regardless of form. But I I do think I would agree with you and back the Seahawks. Um, they're very much business as normal from last season. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that concludes this week's episode hope you enjoyed listening um, if you're not getting enough podcasts throughout the week it's a handy one to tune in on Friday morning the ball bags also produced in the network I think myself and Rocky featured last week and will likely feature again this week but that's all from me until next week good night Exactly right. I mean, there's nobody inside the 10. Get back, Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the play. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.